Welcome to Briefly Legal, your podcast briefing on legal news, developments, and legislation on the go. Brought to you by the attorneys of Crow and Dunleavy. The following should not be understood as or considered a substitute for legal advice. Visit CrowDunleavy.com for more information. Welcome back, everyone. This is Adam Childers, your host of the podcast Briefly Legal, brought to you by the law firm of Crow and Dunleavy. I'm here in the Crow's Nest in Oklahoma City, but I am really happy because I'm going to be joined by a couple of my colleagues from our Dallas, Texas office. Today, I'm going to be joined by a couple members of our Bankruptcy and Creditor Rights Practice Group, and that's going to be Vicki Driver and Chrissy Stevenson. And we're going to be talking about the difficult issue of bankruptcy, but not only uh, bankruptcy in and of itself, but when is it the right time to be going and talking to your attorney or counselor, uh, advisor of choice about you know whether or not this is something that you need to be entertaining? And so I'm really excited to have a couple of experts in the field to help me along. So uh, Vicki and Chrissy, say hello to everybody. Hello. hello. We've tried this podcast uh, a couple of times and had a few... Uh, technical difficulties. So I told Vicki and Chrissy earlier, this is the podcast so nice, we have to do it thrice. I do think this is going to be the one that uh, that really counts. So we, we've got this one down to perfection, or at least that's what I'm telling myself in my mind. But you can't go wrong when you've got uh, a couple of attorneys and speakers as seasoned in the field of bankruptcy uh, and, and such excellent attorneys as the two uh, guests that we have with us today. As I mentioned, this uh, Dynamic Duo is in our Dallas office. They're members of our Bankruptcy and Creditor Rights Practice Group. Both of them are recent additions as partners uh, to the law firm of Crow and Dunleavy. I was pleased to have them as my new partners uh, back in April of this year. They, uh, so they hold the title of directors and they're based in our Dallas office. Chrissy and Vicki both have a wide range of experience managing Chapter 11 reorganizations and bankruptcy-related proceedings for a wide variety of clients. And that's going to include a whole host of different types of industries, uh, the energy sector, restaurants, uh, healthcare facilities, Native American nations, hospitality industry, real estate clients. That's just to name a few. In a nutshell, if there is a type of business out there that has been in the crisis that leads them to the doors of bankruptcy, then Vicki and Chrissy have likely helped uh, members of that industry get through those difficult times. And so that, you know, sort of raised the question in my mind, uh, you know, well, when is it? When is it that you should go and talk to the the experts about whether or not your business is in such distress that that bankruptcy should be a consideration. It, it strikes me there's probably a time in which that's uh, far too late in the game and should have been a discussion earlier on. So, Vicky and Chrissy are here to talk about that. And Chrissy, let's start with you. You know, the theme for today's discussion is don't wait to go. And I giggled when I first heard the theme. So tell the folks out there uh, why you picked that theme and how it relates to what we're talking about today. Thank you, Adam. The theme, don't wait to go. It's based on a concept that we as parents of small children know well. Small children, um, they hold it. They (laughs) say they're fine. They say, no, mom, I don't need to go. I'll be okay. I can wait. And then they're squirming. 
They're doing the pee-pee dance. They are still in denial that they have a problem. They are getting more uncomfortable by the second. If we're lucky, they admit defeat and you're able to scramble into some smelly gas station bathroom with no toilet paper and hold your nose and make the best of a bad situation. And if you're not lucky, there's a big mess to clean up and someone's going to have to get new clothes and possibly a car wash. <laughs> I have sadly lived out all those scenarios that you described, uh, having uh, uh, brought up a young one of my own who's now a 20-year-old, but I'm thinking to myself that that theme really does make sense when, when you explain it in those terms. So, so Vicki, help us translate that theme then uh, into the grown-up uh, scenario. It may not involve the, the pee-pee dance, but there are uh, some messes that need to be cleaned up when businesses wait too long, I, I'm guessing. Certainly. And thank you, Adam, for having us. In the grown-up version of this scenario, your kids are really these overly optimistic business owners that really believe in their heart of hearts that there's always a savior around the corner. And your parents are the legal advisors with insolvency and restructuring experience that really understand that the sooner they can start to tackle these problems, the easier the solutions may be. It's ironic that most people uh, wait to talk to us. Most business owners wait to talk to bankruptcy professionals because they're absolutely against filing for bankruptcy. But the sooner you talk to those folks, the more likely it is we can avoid that filing. When you first start to experience that financial trouble, you think you can handle it. You may decide that you can borrow from your 401k. And unfortunately, some of those situations of that ilk cannot be undone. And so it is very similar to the uh, ruined upholstery in your car. Um, you really don't want to have to do a complete shampoo of the car if you could, um, at the beginning, simply address the issues when they arise rather than waiting for them to go on and on and on. You can, you can also liken this to what I like to call the ostrich approach, meaning you stick your head in the sand and then you reach your head back out of the sand and realize everything is completely destroyed. Uh, so that's kind of how those two concepts we believe um, sort of link up. So Chrissy, then understanding that the perils of raising children never never go away, even in, in, in a business setting, let's talk about what some of those messes look like when there is, you know, either the ostrich effect of, of putting your head in the sand or just waiting too long. What, what, what kind of messes need to be cleaned up? Yes. Um, some of these messes that are very difficult to clean up once they have been made um, in the business setting can include when your commercial lease has been terminated by your landlord. Um, after that has happened, there's very little that you can do um, to undo that from, from the debtor side. Or if you wait from, you know, what, what Vicki has said, um, if you have stuck your head in the sand like an ostrich and you have allowed a foreclosure to occur, there's very little that can be done to undo that once it has occurred. But yep. if you have gone and, and talked to an experienced legal advisor who has, you know, the wherewithal to help you 
plan and try to prevent these things from happening, there are steps you can take to to keep those from being an irretrievable disaster. Yeah, and you're right. Those are both kind of terminal events. I mean, you're having your commercial lease terminated, going through a foreclosure. Um, Vicki, what about situations? Uh, just let's talk about assets for a little bit from exempt assets to, to bank accounts. What kind of messes might we see there? Certainly. I actually have a client that I'm working with right now that had a bank account swept. Their lender was uh, reticent to let them go into bankruptcy and preferred to do uh, some foreclosures. And a unsecured creditor swept their bank account and they lost $57,000, which a company in this situation can't afford to lose. We can't get that back for them. It may be avoidable later on. So the, the creditor may not have really helped themselves much. But once that money is swept, it's sort of out of the gate. Um, As a family-owned business or as a closely held corporation, um, a lot of folks there um, will be tempted to dip into their exempt assets, meaning their 401ks, their IRAs, other retirement accounts. Once those assets have been converted from what would be an exempt asset from the personal perspective into a loan to a company, you've now taken this exempt asset that no creditor could have ever gotten to and placed it into a business where that money is essentially for all intents and purposes gone. Those items can't, we can't undo that. Um, even if we do file a bankruptcy at the end of the day, we can't, we can't do that. So um, while that may be an advisable scenario in some situations, doing that without a holistic plan on how to, how to re- remedy the situation and have an exit strategy is, is not advisable. So, Chrissy, we were just talking about these the asset side of things, but you could even bring on new debt as part of uh, you know the failure to, to plan or be in crisis mode. Is that a, a fair characterization? Yes. Um, some businesses that are experiencing trouble, they try to refinance their way out of it. They turn to some of these predatory lenders who have very high interest rates or they get seconds on their, you know, second mortgages. Um, they they just make the situation worse or they personally guarantee old debt, you know, that it, it they're just making their situation worse or digging a bigger hole when that may not be the best solution that they could have or the, you know, the best solution for their problem. And, you know, going and talking to someone and sort of laying out a more comprehensive plan and looking at all the possible solutions that they might've had would have been a much better idea. I think the saddest thing I see when people wait too long to uh, address their financial concerns is really just the degradation of their business. So they really just let the entire business that they've spent their whole life building um, sort of go downhill. Their creditors, their investors, their lenders lose faith in them. Uh, they may lose credibility in those uh, with those entities. You may uh, let your quality of product or your service suffer because you can no longer afford the labor or the widgets necessary to make those things and make them as best as you can or that you have. Um, and of course, your goodwill as a business in the in your area could decrease at that point. So so the business you fought so hard to keep that you may have mortgaged to the hilt, put your exempt assets into it, now is no longer the business that you thought it was. And it's been such a slow decline that you just don't recognize what's happening. So all of these things could happen and you have eventually destroyed the value of your business. 
and just because your business is failing today doesn't mean that you might not have aspirations for resurrecting it in the future. Uh, Chrissy, what about the impact this might have on, you know, lenders, investors, creditors? I mean, the, you know, you, your your future as a business person doesn't end, but you may be doing further damage, I would suspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. That happens. And, you know, you see people um, selling off large chunks of their businesses or selling off their equity um, in times of trouble. And then when their businesses, you know, turn around or get better, then they have, you know, lost a good portion of what they've been fighting for all of this time. Or if they have entered into um, a forbearance agreement with their lender without talking to experienced counsel, without working through those terms, then given up rights um, or agreed to terms that are egregious in some cases. And and, um, if they had been talking to an experienced counsel or advisor, then they might not have done that. And it's, it's a real shame when we see those things happen. Okay, so I feel like we've had kind of an extended discussion of what it looks like when the PP dance is happening for a, a business. But now I think we should turn and talk about what value we get out of not waiting. And this is the, the part where we make the, the audience feel a little bit better about that there are better outcomes out there. Vicki, talk about that. What's the, what's the value you get for avoiding these, these calamities? Certainly, when you don't wait to go, when uh, you address these problems head on, you have the opportunity to look to take advantage of every single arrow in your quiver as a possible solution. And you can use those to build a holistic resolution to your issues. You may be able to find that uh, one location is what is is what's dragging you down. You may find that you have a contracts that you need to reject or get rid of. You can, when you look at all of your problems holistically and all of your potential solutions holistically, you can orchestrate that plan with the appropriate team of financial advisors and and, um, insolvency or restructuring experts. And I think that opportunity to build that team of experts around you to evaluate those options, maybe bring more options to the table than you ever would have thought is really what gives you the the ability to, it gives you your best opportunity to avoid a bankruptcy filing. The longer you wait, the more likely it is that a bankruptcy will need to be filed to stop eviction proceedings, stop foreclosures, stop demands of payment, stop litigation. Um, you know, those those are the types of things that when you sort of crash into bankruptcy or you are, are running into the um, dirty gas station to go to the bathroom, um, <laughs> it's just the, it, it's just a much messier way to try to deal with things. It still may be a help, but it, for example, in the foreclosure setting in Texas, at least, and in a lot of other states, you get a month notice for that foreclosure posting, hearing from someone when they get it or when they get their notice of default rather than the week before the foreclosure is set. There are so many other options we can present um, to a business owner at that point. And so we really do feel like that potential to have the time to negotiate with creditors to potentially get some um, reasonable forbearances put in place so that they can evaluate all the opportunities to restructure their company. It is, is truly the best way to address those financial issues. 
I would just like to add that bankruptcy itself is is just one tool in the toolkit. It's not necessarily a failure. A lot of people want to avoid bankruptcy and that's fine, but it's just one arrow in the quiver, you know, for lack of a better term. It it's a tool. It is something that can be used. It's one option that you have to offer people who are having financial difficulties, these businesses who are having trouble. Um, it's not something that necessarily has to be done. It's it's an option and it has certain pros and cons that can be weighed. And if you're talking to someone who has that experience and knows what they're talking about, um, then it's, it's a tool that can be considered. Well, I think it's been an enlightening journey for me it involved a few uh, dirty rest stops on the way. But what I'm hearing is that we need to listen as business owners to our insolvency and restructuring lawyers even if you don't think that you need to go yet. And so maybe the best way to sum this up, and I'll throw it to you, Vicki, and Chrissy together. If, if you're a business out there and you're having financial issues as, as bankruptcy attorneys, what's your advice? Don't, don't wait, wait to, to go. go. <laughs> there we go. Puts an exclamation point on our theme for today's podcast. Well, I truly appreciate the insight. Uh, it is one of the, the downsides of you know, taking care of clients as we see their see them at their best and then we see them when they're in their lows. But it sure is a good uh, thing to know that we've got the expertise to help them when they when they reach those lows. And certainly in this pandemic era that we're in today, um, we, we've certainly seen more than our share of it. And, and it, it makes me happy to know that you guys are there as a safety net to help our clients if they ever get in those situations. Now, before we depart today's podcast, I, I did want to uh, give us another chance to play that game of get to know your crows, uh, since we have a couple of crows uh, with me today. Having uh, done this a couple times before with, with some technical difficulties, I won't even uh, ask about something about you that I might not know, because I know these things now. But I, I want to revisit them with our audience, because I think they're uh, very, very interesting. And uh, Vicki, I want to start with you. I am told that you are on a competitive cooking team, uh, which is intriguing. And although I'm not good at cooking, I'm great at eating. So tell us a little bit more uh, and then tell me what I might be able to come and consume if I come out to see your competitive eating or, or cooking team. Thank you, Adam. Yes, um, uh, we have me and a bunch of folks that live um, in a particular area uh, off of a lake for our lake house and have put together a competition uh, cooking team. Chili is sort of the main thing that we do, but we do lots of other things, um, jalapenos, dessert, steak, et cetera. But uh, we tend to compete um, in a cook-off called Chili when it's chilly. So it's in February and it's to benefit the boot campaign, which is a really good uh, nonprofit organization that provides services for veterans that they don't get through the VA, um, especially uh, mental health type um, services. But it's a really fun time. Um, we have a great time cooking. Uh, and the thing that makes our chili different is that we do not use any commercial chili powder. So we make oh. our own chili paste from dried chilies that are de-seeded, rehydrated in chicken stock, then blended um, into a uh, paste that is then used in the chili. So it, it eliminates any of the grittiness that you might find in some uh, in some chilies that use a lot of chili powder. So that's our that's our secret sauce. 
that sounds fantastic. And now I'm upset that we're uh, we're taping this around the lunch hour because I'm afraid my stomach's grumbling will be uh, picked up on our audio today. We'll, we'll we'll get rid of that in post production. But Vicky, that's terrific. What a great cause that it benefits and uh, sounds like a ton of fun. So Chrissy, I uh, likewise am excited to to share some tidbits of, about you with the audience. I know from talking with you previously that um, you did some uh, theater design back in college and I think moving forward and, and have even made some pretty elaborate costumes uh, for different shows. So, so tell us how that all came to be and, and a little bit about, um, you know, the types of things that you've you've created. Um, I did. Uh, yes, <laughs> thanks. Um, I did work study in the costume shop in um, theater and spent a lot of time in theater um, as an undergrad. And then in grad school, I was a graduate assistant and taught theater. And um, even for a year after grad school, taught theater and um, made a lot of costumes. And one of one of my favorites was getting to make a, a costume for my husband, um, uh-huh. my now husband, then boyfriend for um, a show and um, a Tartuffe um, it was. And um, he looked very handsome in it. I, I bet. I mean, listen, if there's anything that seals the deal when you're, you know, in those fledgling moments of love, it's when somebody makes a Tartuffe for you, um, uh, which... Prior to today, I couldn't have told you what it was and still can't spell it. But uh, it, it, but it only means that you, uh, both of you, are, are exceptionally talented, uh, both uh, inside and outside of the, the the halls of Crow and Dunlavy. And it's exciting to get to share a little bit of that personal background as well. So uh, with that, um, I want to really thank both of you, uh, Vicky and Chrissy. We we really enjoyed our time together with both of you today and learn about the topic topic that we've uh, discussed uh, with that enjoyable theme that uh, took us all back to the days of uh, road trips with with the family. Before we close everything out today, folks, uh, we did want to let you know that if you're enjoying Briefly Legal, and I know that you are, uh, would you please do us a favor and give us a quick rating or a review on our podcast, on whatever podcast app of choice you're using to listen to today's show. We really enjoy receiving that feedback as we continue to grow and develop this show. And also, if you've got a topic or an idea for an upcoming show, just drop us a note and you can do that at Briefly Legal at Crow Dunleavy. Uh, We always enjoy hearing from our fans and it's exciting to craft the show in a way that really addresses those issues that are hot topics for all of you out there. So that's it for this time. This is your host with the most, Adam Childers, and we look forward to meeting you next time here on Briefly Legal. Briefly Legal.